Get ready for an all-new Hardline segment. It's time to step into the Snake Pit. And now, with something completely over the top, the host and star of the Snake Pit, Snake. There he is. Thank you very much. All right. Back in November of 2005, November 12th to be exact, Ham, there was the debut of the Saturday Night Live season. And it was season 31. And it was not met with much fanfare, but making their debut on the show were four actors or four entertainers. Andy Samberg, Jason Sudeikis, Kristen Wiig, and Bill Hader. They came in together. And now looking back at that 18 years in the rearview mirror, that was kind of huge considering what all those people have done. Sandberg's gone on to do a million things. Sudeikis has got the most popular TV show going on the planet. Kristen Wiig is one of the most sought-after comedian actresses out there right now. And Bill Hader, in one of the weirdest turns ever, is now one of the hottest directors slash actors slash creators in Hollywood, thanks to his TV show, Barry. And I want to focus on the circuitous path of Bill Hader. Because we just talked about Jimmy Butler. And Jimmy Butler coming from... I don't want to say nothing because he was physically gifted as a human being, and but he had to work his ass off to get to where he is today. And Bill Hader... <laughs> Bill Hader grew up in Tulsa, which I was not aware of until a couple of months ago. And Bill Hader was basically an F student. He barely got out of high school. So much so, his grades were so bad that he could not get into any college. And he enrolled in the Art Institute of Phoenix, which anything of Phoenix is a euphemism for, oh my God, I graduated from there with VCR repair. <laughs> right, yeah. right. And an exploding field by the way. Yes, yeah. So he uh ends up going there for a year or two and he's not doing anything. Meanwhile, as he tells the story, all of his classmates from from back in Tulsa, they're going on to do great things. They're getting degrees. They're already getting jobs. He was like, it really hit home when he came home one weekend and he was invited on one of his high school classmates boats that they had just bought. Oh no. And he's just like, what am I, what am I doing? He doesn't have two nickels to rub together. He has nothing. And he was obsessed as a kid with two things, old movies and comedy. And that's it. And he told his dad, this is the only thing that I can do. I have no other path to do anything successful in my life. And his dad's like, well, go to Hollywood. And so he takes off and drives to Los Angeles with nothing in his back pocket. He'd work some odd jobs to save a little bit of money. And he starts work as a PA, a production assistant, which is the lowest 
paying job you can possibly have. And he's got some funny stories. He worked on like with Schwarzenegger and collateral damage. And he now does a spot on Schwarzenegger. And he worked on a couple of things. But and again, at this point, he's well into his 20s. And there's just not much out there. He meets a couple of guys in L.A. that are like, dude, you are funny and you do some really good impressions why don't you come over with us and join this comedy troupe this improv class and just see if you like that so he does and one thing leads to another he becomes really good friends with a bunch of the guys in the uh in the cast they start their own little troupe it's kind of like the inspiration for barry it's exactly the inspiration for barry and nick offerman the great nick offerman saw randomly one night one of these performances by this Bill Hader comedy troupe. They were getting no buzz. He Again, he was dead broke. I mean, maxing out credit card type stuff. Well, Nick Offerman was married to Megan Mullally, the actress who had a relationship with Lorne Michaels. And she saw Bill Hader one night doing his thing and was like, you might want to come look at this guy. And so... One thing leads to another, and the next thing Bill Hader knows is that he's doing an audition for Saturday Night Live after being nothing. That is the fates coming together. It's unbelievable. So this is what he did for – um he, he told this story on Conan. This is what he did. He did Al Pacino uh, for – uh, his audition for SNL in front of Lorne Michaels. <laughs> See, what, did you do him for the, uh, did you do Pacino for your Saturday Night Live uh, audition? Yeah, then? yeah, yeah, yeah. I did him for the audition. Um, mm-hmm. And I did uh, Pacino, uh, it was kind of weird, uh, interviewing his new maid staff. So it was uh-huh. like all new maids. Uh-huh. And he's like giving them instructions? Yeah, yeah, it was like, uh, it was like, um, if I walk into this kitchen, <laughs> And I see a cantaloupe <laughs> on that table. I will lose my mind. <laughs> so he goes on to do more, you know, Pacino bits and all that. But that was enough to sell him to get in on Saturday Night Live. And again, he said he had never really earned a paycheck in the business outside of a production assistance gig, which was paying him nothing. And, like, you watch the Michael J. Fox documentary and how yeah. difficult it is to make it in the business. He was a working actor. Right. Like, worked a lot, but didn't have any money. No, but, but, but I, the the similarity of their dads is funny because when Michael J. Fox said he wanted to go to Hollywood, his dad basically drove him there and dropped him off. Yeah. And <laughs> drove away. Yeah, and that's kind of... <laughs> yeah, I don't want to hear you bitching about this. Go do it. Right. So then Hader goes from, and he's like overly nervous and overly shy because all these people are kind of famous. And as he said, Andy Samberg was so well-known online. Kristen Wiig was part of the Ground Links comedy troupe. Um, Sudeikis was too. And like they were. Yeah, they're coming from huge, famous improv groups. And he's from some nobody group. That that just just started. Yeah. He just started. And so they're looking at him like, what do you do? And so he was like, all I wanted to do was just be some sort of Phil Hartman bit player where I'm in the background and I'm, but I've worked my ass off in every single one of these sketches. 
And he said his big break in SNL, because he was obsessed, and he's weird. He's so weird. Like, he's obsessed with old 30s and 40s movies. He likes to stay at home and watch TV and true crime dramas. And he was obsessed with Keith Morrison. You guys know Keith Morrison yeah, this is? is brilliant. Yes. I don't think so. I'm so unfamiliar. Keith Morrison does Unsolved Mysteries. Is that what it's called? Dateline. Or, Dateline. Yeah, Dateline. Yeah, yeah, he's okay. the white-haired, older gentleman. Has a really wow. distinct delivery. Yes, and so he would walk around all the time doing... He was like Gordon. He would walk around doing random things, and one day he was doing Keith Morrison, and they are like, you need to do Keith Morrison. And so this was his big Keith Morrison break. Keith Morrison's special investigation. Real-life crimes and stories of real people in bad situations. Elroy Valentine was an ordinary man who went out one day to catch a bath. But instead, he caught a case of murder. It's the mystery of the chopped-up guy. I was walking along the lake one morning, and I saw something floating on the surface. Ah. Was it Wilson the volleyball? No, it, it was an arm. Ah. Did he slap you five? No, it, it was a dead arm. From a dead body. Oh, that's terrible. You seem kind of psyched. No, I'm bugged. <laughs> so that took off. He started doing Vincent Price. Uh, he just did Stefan, and things kind of went from there. And he became a, this known quantity, but he said, I was never comfortable. He's like, I would see Keenan Thompson doing his thing, and he'd been there forever. And just everything he did was fun and funny and comfortable. He's like, I never felt comfortable on that show. And so, but by the time he left, Bill Hader was doing really weird stuff, but it was always really funny to me. Yeah, well, and the Stefan thing... That's so good. He and John Mulaney were writing partners on that bit. Yes. The, the now famous stand-up. Right. And Mulaney oftentimes would change the script at the last minute just to see if he could make Hater break while he was doing <laughs> Stefan. And they became super, super close friends. And uh, that was, you know, they kind of led one another to, to somewhat stardom. And, you know, he does Hot Rod, which, what was his name in Hot Rod? I don't know if he got that hey, thing stuck in his got forehead. Some awesome news. We have a new crew member today, Denise. Hi, everyone. So I thought it'd be fun if we all went around and said our name and a little something about ourselves. I'll start. My name is Rod, and I like to party. All right, Dave, you're up. Dave. Uh, hi. Dave. Uh, my name is Dave, and uh, I like to party. Uh, no, Dave, I just said that I party, so maybe do something different for me. My name is Dave, and I am the stuntman. You know what? Let's move on. <laughs> He's a scene stealer in every small he part is that super, he has. Dude, super bad. Super bad. There's a cop. movie called uh, Adventureland. So fast forward, he, he leaves Saturday Night Live, you know, almost a decade ago, and he goes on and does this weird, weird documentary now series, fake documentaries. That, uh, I mean, it's so off the beaten path, but he just kind of wanted to keep doing weird things. And then he had written this script for Barry, which just ended. So literally Sunday night was the final episode of Barry after four seasons. And I have never seen a TV show go from oddball, quirky comedy about a hitman that 
just wanted to learn how to act. It went from so oddly funny to Breaking Bad in two seasons. Like it'll it'll still be nominated like for best comedy at the Emmys, mm-hmm. but it is not a comedy anymore. It got so dark, and the ending is so incredibly dark. Uh, but it's so well done, and it's all from him. And his whole thing was, if I do this, I want to direct. Well, his goal when he went to to Hollywood initially, when he was a production assistant, was, I just want to direct. But he knew he would never have the chance. Well, after SNL, HBO gave him the chance. And now there are companies clamoring to get him on board as a content creator, as a, a director, as an actor. Like, he suddenly now is this it thing in Hollywood where 20 years ago, he did not have a nickel to he, rub I mean, two he, nickels He might together. follow, like, the Jordan Peele path. I know. I, yeah, I know. I mean... Like, what, what an unlikely success story he is. Yeah. What do you do for South Park? He wrote. Yeah, he was part of the writing team in South Park. Because that awesome South Park documentary, which... Is what he might have just been a consultant talk. because he was he, he was, was great in that, but he he was kind of just in the room. He yes. was always in the writing room. Laughing. That I know. Yeah. Okay. This yeah. is great. This is funny. Yeah. But yeah, he's, yeah, he's awesome. it, it's it's one of the most unlikely Hollywood success stories, and by all accounts, he's an awesome guy, like a total sweetheart of a dude that just works his ass off and knows that he got lucky. All right, there is your snake pit on Bill. All Hale. right.